0: Dr. Amalia Gonyas Malka, welcome to Womanity Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socio economic class division, and gender based violence. Joining us in our Johannesburg studio today is recently crowned Miss SA 2019, Zosebini Tunzi who originally hails from Solo in the Eastern Cape. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, and you are, what, a month into your campaign? Yes, I believe a month and maybe two weeks on Friday.
1: Two weeks tomorrow, actually, so yeah.
0: All very new? Yes,
1: it's still very new, still settling in, but I can confidently say I feel much better than I did a month
0: ago. (laughs) Well, in a brand new you, in a way. Yes. This year, the finals for Miss SA were hosted on Women's Day, ninth yes. of August. By starting the show, can you tell us a bit more about the pageant? Mm. You know what what it entailed, and so far, how it's changing your life. Sure. Um. So Miss South
1: Africa is really a platform, you know, to empower women. Um. For those women to also empower others in return. And you mentioned that it was uh, on the ninth of August, which I feel. Um, is very appropriate for the pageant and what they're trying to do and what, um, and in the way that they're trying to shape women. Um, you know, I always say it's the responsibility of us women of today to just take over from what the women of 1956 did because what they started there was for us to finish. You know, they knew that they could never finish what they were doing there but it was for us to pick up that baton and just continue. And so that's exactly what Miss South Africa stands for. That's what it's about. It's about women, empowering women and just giving us the platform to be able to address issues that are closest to our hearts and things that are important to us. So that's why I entered the competition and I believe it's going to give me the platform to go forward Mm -hmm. and be able to do these things.
0: And you're right about movements. I think of uh, the March of 1956 was very much about the political freedom Mm -hmm. of women, having that voice and looking at the way our society is evolving. I think that we've always got an issue that needs to be confronted. Mm-hmm. So whether this is from a financial point of view, economic empowerment, yes. and looking around our situation at the moment, gender-based violence is mm-hmm. is clearly um, a, a key point to change and, and challenge. What would you say are, are some of the responsibilities on undertaking the role of Miss SA? Uh, as Miss South Africa, you are
1: like a representation, you know, of South African women to the world and uh, so the role of a Miss South Africa is really to shine light on these topics and to talk about them and to make sure that people are aware about them because I'm just like any South African woman except now I have a platform and a voice that people actually want to listen to and so it's my job to make sure that I don't use this voice um, in meaningless things but to use the voice to just spread a message and to spread awareness and to give hope and to fight where I can fight. So that's my responsibility really as a Miss South Africa to just use the platform and the voice that I've been given to address these um, situations.
0: And it sounds as though it's not just your voice, it sounds as though you've got this conscious effort of (laughs) listening to the voices of of the ladies that don't have a voice.
1: Yes, like I said, I'm just like any South African woman. Everything I go through, they go through. I'm a reflection of them just as much as they're a reflection of me, except now I have this platform and it's my responsibility to carry everyone's voice through.
0: And as Miss SA, you're obviously going to become a role model for young women of today and for the future. You're also a brand ambassador for South Africa. And sometimes when we look at the global context, you represent the continent Mm. too. Um, How do you feel about being a role model? It's
1: a very big responsibility. Um, I always say I feel like I'm very young um, to be in the shoes that I'm in. But, um, you know what, I'm taking everything in my stride. I'm very aware that where I am puts me in a position for people to be looking at me and to be looking up uh, to me. So I'm, it's, it's interesting, it's new and it's exciting. It's something that I'm welcoming and I'm not perfect. I'm not taking this role saying I'm a perfect person, but I'm just hoping that um, I can do enough, you know, for people to be inspired and
0: aspire to do more. Looking across for you being a role model, have you got role models that that you look up to? Yes, I have a couple of role models.
1: I mean, I have role models in South Africa, Africa, the world. Um, I like to speak of Harriet Tubman. She's one of my role models, seeing what she did and being in slavery and being free. For a normal person, if you were a slave and were free, you would just run with it and never look back. But in her mind, she thought I, she can't do that. She has to go back and fetch, you know, all the other slaves and free them. For me, that kind of mentality and that kind of power uh, makes me want to do more and want to be a better person, too. So she's one of the people that I really look up to. Um, you know, I have Miss South Africa's that I look up to. I look up to um, the likes of Peggy Sue who was given an opportunity to be a Miss South Africa, but s- saw more in the role than just to be a Miss South Africa in her year. She decided to, you know, to take it further and to use the platform to elevate herself herself as well. I mean she's in corporate South Africa now doing, you know, amazing things. So I have I have a couple of role models, but it would take me <laughs> the whole day
0: going through all of them. But that's wonderful that you have them and also to to share who they are, both um, you know, current as well as yeah. as people who, who are past. Yes and i always think that that's interesting mm. because just because someone's no longer around doesn't, doesn't mean you can't they can't be a role model uh, yes exactly that they've got a lasting and and yeah. enduring impact because their legacy lives on now later in the year you're going to be representing south africa at miss universe yes and when i read about the organization itself i also was was quite intrigued it, mm. it describes itself as a company run by women for women built on the foundation of inclusion and continues to be a celebration of diversity. The organization empowers women to develop the confidence they need to achieve their personal best. And it estimates that there's between 80 to 100 countries who send contestants And you compete across various criteria. It's a lot of competitors, isn't it? It's a lot of people. But yes, it is.
1: Yeah, it is that run by women for women. It's like a reflection of Miss South Africa as well, except at like a bigger scale, obviously. Global scale, tremendous diversity. Yes, tremendous. I mean, you have women coming from all over the world different parts of the world and what i love about what south africa has done if you look at the past people that went to represent uh, south africa you have your miss universe 2017 demilina peters she won she's a south african woman tamarind green last year as a south african woman so we went from white south african woman to a colored south african woman and this year they have a black um you know south african woman so it's just really a range just showing how much diverse south africa is and just bringing our diversity into like a global scale is one of the most amazing things so i'm excited to go and people are excited to see it as well they have different views and opinions about it because obviously they've never seen someone who looks like me at a Miss Universe platform. So we can't wait to run with that and see how it goes.
0: How do you feel representing South Africa in the global arena?
1: I feel so proud... Um, to be representing South Africa. I know a lot has been happening in our country that makes it, uh, just gives me a heavy heart, you know, sometimes to say I represent the country because of, you know, the horrible things that have been happening. But, you know, we are known to be a country that has faced a lot of adversity, but we are also known as a country that has recovered from all of that. Very resilient. We We are very resilient. And so I'm very proud to be representing that kind of country. And I can't wait to take it to the world and to just open South Africa a little more Um, up to people.
0: And when you go, besides representing the country and obviously framing things from Mm -hmm. a positive perspective or from a change perspective, have you got a particular agenda that you want to, to drive there?
1: I have... A lot of agendas, but my one agenda is um, shining light on a different kind of African beauty. And I say this because I've been watching Miss Universe for years. And I have never seen a woman who looks like me being represented on the stage who who wins looking the way that I do. And um, I've been getting a lot of uh, feedback about it, like positive and negative comments from people who are shocked you know that a person who looks like me is going to Miss Universe because they have an ideal and a prototype of how what beauty is people have a a misconception really because in the past beauty has been represented as as something that I'm not and so for me to be able to go into the Miss Universe platform is amazing because then I get to challenge the status quo so that's personally what I want to do.
0: And because we're on radio we don't have a visual media, although we will have pictures <laughs> accompanying yes. this. But from a, a, a description point of view, and please correct me if I am yes. wrong. When I look at from your point of view, I, I see you as someone who wears her hair naturally. Yes, who is proud of of her appearance. Yes. short hair. Whereas, for instance, on on most of the, the Miss Worlds and Miss Universes, everyone's got long, long, hair, flowing, locks. flowy
1: hair. <laughs> yes, uh, so that's how they n- they generally, you know, look. And it's not to say anything negative about the organizations, but um, yeah, we're ready to move um, into a different kind of light. And I think they're ready to move as well. And so I'm excited to be a part of the new so
0: movement. being proudly African and yes. embracing your Africanness. Yes. Can't wait to take it to the world. Well, I think that the world needs it. I mean, if you look at, for instance, America's Got Talent, the End global Youth Choir. Yes, they're doing absolutely brilliant, aren't they? Shoma Josie with the John Senna yes. song. All of this is showing that there's an there's an appetite for yep. us,
1: the world is ready for Africa, and I'm so happy I think there's no better time to be doing Miss Universe than this year. I feel like if I did it last year and the other years, it wouldn't have mattered. but I feel like this year there's something extra special about you know Africans, and there's always been something special about Africans, but I think now the world is more ready to, you know, to open more to us. And so I'm so excited to be able to be a part of this movement because it does feel like a movement.
0: Yes, right time, right place. Now, hypothetically, we, you know, we spoke that there'll be 80 to 100 countries represented. Given the chance, you're going to be amongst the most intelligent young women from literally every corner of the world. Absolutely. If you could, what global issue would you like to solve?
1: Uh, Definitely gender-based violence. That is what I'm going in there with. Um, I feel like everything has been playing itself out for my journey in South Africa because since I answered my top five question, they asked me about women and what reason women have to smile in South Africa. And I basically said that we have absolutely no reason to smile because of the gender-based violence that's been happening. And not only gender-based violence, but just gender stereotypes as a whole. And ever since I spoke about that, I feel like it's gotten worse in the country for the past three weeks. And so I feel everything has led me to able to speak about that in a global platform. So
0: that's what I'm taking to Miss Universe. Very powerful initiative and so right to be able to try and do something because, you know, we, we look at our challenges as a country, but femicide... Occurs in every yeah. country. Happens and everywhere. I saw when when we were going through the, these past two weeks at the beginning of, of September, there was a a, a wreath in and an image in in France somewhere where they were saying this is the hundredth genocide femicide in this particular area, sure. which just puts that point across that yeah. these are these are global issues yeah. that we're wrestling with and they're not they're not right. Now besides. The Crown, obviously. What else would you like to take home from these types of events? Besides
1: The Crown? Um, I feel like I'm already taking a lot more out of it in just learning about myself. There's nothing more exciting about this journey than learning about myself. And I keep telling people... If anything, the prizes and the money, I mean, they're amazing. I'm not going to lie and say they're nothing. Um, Well, there's an apartment, there's a car, there's a cash prize. And yeah, just to name a few, that's what they are. But for me, it's just growing into my own and accepting myself the way that I am and understanding myself 100% is one thing that I've enjoyed about this journey.
0: And it's going to be one full of discovery, I'm sure. You are listening to Womanity Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the African perspective on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band. Also available on DSTV channel 802.
1: Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy.
0: Today, we're talking to Miss SA 2019 Zosabini Tunzi. We'd love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. In the previous segment of the show, we spoke about the role of Miss SA, some of the responsibilities it entails, as well as opportunities for Miss Universe, which um, Zozibini will be representing South Africa in the near future. Zozibini, both your mum and your dad are involved in education. I read that your mum's a principal, yes. your dad's with the Department of, of edu- Education. You hold a National Diploma in Public Relations Management from the Cape Peninsula Peninsula University of Technology, and you were completing a BTEC and PR during the Miss SA context. And by doing so, you're building on your your academic stream here and the long line of women around the world who strongly believe that education is a key element for progress and self-development. Can you share with us your views on education particularly in the hands of women as a tool of empowerment mm-hmm. and equality?
1: For me, education is one of the most important things anyone could ever have. I mean, obviously instilled in me by my parents because they have a love for education and they've always believed that if you have that tool, then you, you have more chances, you know, to further yourself in life, which is absolutely true um, because there's a lot of people who don't have the opportunity to have an education. And if you don't have an education... Sometimes people become stuck, especially from where I come from, Um, you become so much dependent sometimes on men, which is one of the things that you don't have a job and you have to stay and look after the family. And that's the kind of job that you do. But with an education, it does kind of help to, you know, propel you forward. But I must say (laughs) this, though. Um, In as much as women have education, I feel like that's really not the only thing holding women back from moving forward. We have things like glass ceilings. We have things like, you know, the gentleman's club, because you can have as much education as you can. If those things are still in place, we can never move forward as women. We still have to fight 10 times harder than men have to fight. I mean, we have women with the same kinds of degrees and same kinds of jobs still earning less money than you know their male counterparts and those are the issues that I feel that we need to look at and and, and talk about so yes education 100% is is very important and it does help women move forward but yeah I feel like sometimes it's it's not enough it's not enough
0: yes 65% of tertiary graduates are women yes so that just shows mm. that women are really utilising education yes. as a tool. But you're so right when you come into the workplace, and I think it was the Institute of Race Relations, yeah. they estimate that we earn on average 23% less mm. than male counterparts salaries. Exactly. And there was an interesting thing, I think it was last year, as as an out-of-office um, that some of the countries in Europe were putting in, that women would put up an out-of-office in November to, to indicate that I've only been paid... Ninety percent of what men are being paid. Mm. So I'm out of office, and I, I did the numbers from a South African perspective, mm-hmm. and it would mean that we would be out of office effectively from August. Wow! Because of that twenty-three wow. percent gap. I also noted that education is one of your your elements that uh, that it's a cause that's yep. that's close to your heart for yep. for youth. How else besides gender-based violence yes. are, you, are you looking at enacting that program?
1: Um, so for now, the projects that I'm about to be working on, I can't really speak on because it's, it's like beginning stages and we are planning on it. But I'm so excited and I can't wait for people to see what it is that we're going to be doing. But yes, definitely we are sitting in office, we are drafting and planning um, how we are going to put um, these plans
0: into action. And I'm sure it'll be part of your, your legacy mm. to come. Now, our program is all about gender equality, which is increasingly a global focus. And in part of that, it's about building female leadership Mm -hmm. capacity. It's important for the future of women, not only within our country, but the continent and the world at large. How do you see female leadership, whether that's in the private sector, public sector, academic or or any other space? It's so interesting.
1: You know, women leadership starts at home. It's women leadership. You see, we see our mothers have been doing this for years. In as much as they never had the opportunity to go to school, maybe in the past, and and or maybe have an opportunity to get jobs, as it's always been a man's world. You see, leadership starting at home. It's something that we're born with. It's really like rooted inside women. And to move into the 21st century and see women climbing up the corporate ladder is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And I'm so proud of it. And I can't wait to be a part of it myself. You know, to be able to lead something for myself. And, yeah, I think it's, it's extremely powerful. And I'm so happy that the women are realizing that, you know, they can take advantage and they, they can take opportunities to place themselves, you know, in leadership. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like we can still do better in putting women, you know, in leadership positions. There's still a long way to go, um, but I think we've come very far.
0: And you're right, it does start from the yeah. home because everyone listens to the They're
1: other. leading the households. You know, there's so many um, households run by women where you find that there's no males in the family. That's where it starts. And really, now to see them in the corporate world is fantastic. And
0: particularly from a South African pers- uh, yes. P- perspective. Yes. Which areas do you think we need to build on the most to help benefit women in the future? Sure.
1: Areas we need to build on the most? Um... I'd first start by saying we need to instill a lot of confidence in women because the more they have confidence, the more women will believe that they have a lot to offer. If we can instill that self-confidence and that self-assurance, I feel like that's one way to start. And the second thing, like I said, is breaking those glass ceilings, like putting in laws in place, like changing how South Africa is and how the world is at the moment with how they are looking at women, um, making sure that they're equal to You know men when it comes to the workplace so those are the things that um, need to change for women and like gender-based violence as well that's what we spoke about and femicide you know a lot needs to be done for women in south africa a lot
0: (laughs) and talking about gender-based violence talking about femicide there's been a lot of international movements uh, which For instance, the Me Too's Mm. and the Time's Up, which highlighted sexual harassment. Yes. We've had our own protests in in recent weeks with Shut Down Santon, Am I Next, which really um, strikes a chord Mm. with me, campaigns outside parliament, you know, talking about gender-based violence, femicide, rape. What do you think about these campaigns as mechanisms Mm. to help stop and prevent violence against women?
1: You know, these campaigns are very necessary. I feel like they are... Awareness is a very powerful tool that people might not understand because the more we speak about things and the louder we are, the more it becomes global, the more the world listens. And they're very necessary um, for gender-based violence um, at the moment and femicide and all the things that you listed. I feel like um, we could do more. We could put in actions to the words because it doesn't have to end with awareness things because you can tweet as much as you like you can hashtag as much as you like but if you don't do anything about it it's it's not going to help because what happens is people tweet for a day and then it trends for a month it trends and then after that it just fizzles away and then the problem is still there so I think they're very important for highlighting the situation but I feel like action needs to come after the campaigns as well.
0: From an awareness point of view, it is the activists that are doing yes. the, the good and creating yes. the awareness. They're not the perpetrators. They're not
1: the perpetrators. This is what I always say. And people will always ask women, and like, what should we do? What, what are the laws that we should put in? I don't know. I'm not the one doing this. You know, ask the perpetrators. Put, make them take responsibility for once for the things that they do. The only thing that we can do really as activists and women is to
0: just highlight and make awareness of the situations with these campaigns. Campaigns really have got the capacity to mm. to change and direct movements. And if I can draw on your experience within the, the public relations space, this yes. is part of, it of is. the type of work and, yes. and effort and activities that happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I feel like we need the more campaigns, really, I feel the better because the louder we scream,
0: the more our voices really can be heard. So, yeah. You're listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective, on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band, also available on DSTV Channel 802. And today we're talking to Ms. SA, 2019 Zosubini Tunzi. Hi, my name is Yvonne
1: Chakachaka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, a program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Balka every week on this day at this
0: time. We're coming into the latter part of the show. And in, mm-hmm. in this section, I tend to ask questions more from a personal perspective. Okay. And I think you've, you've had lots of practice with your five key questions <laughs> in <laughs> the contest but one of the questions i ask my guests on the show who've all made tremendous achievements in their respective fields of of expertise or or disciplines Mm. is about some of the factors that they consider have contributed to their success Mm. so some people will speak about a particular person or a hard work or a a projection of themselves Mm. into the future in your opinion So far, what would you say have been some of the key drivers to your success? Sure. I think at the top of everything
1: would be resilience. I feel like I'm a very resilient person. Um, And without that, I wouldn't have been able to make it where I am because I had tried, you know, from South Africa once before. I had tried for many other different things before where I wanted to really move out of my normal life and put myself in a platform where I can make change because for me, this platform was to really about inflicting change because I was waking up every day, going to school, going to work but I felt like I wasn't really doing anything for myself and for society and so I'd been trying for years to get myself to a place where I can be able to get the platform and so resilience really got me here because then in as much as I heard so many no's and no not today, uh, no you're not the right person, we're not looking for you today um, so should I have listened to those I would have stopped and not really tried for Miss South Africa again and so without that resilience I wouldn't have been able to be here
0: that's a very important point on don't yeah. give up, yes, absolutely. Could you share with us some of the pivotal moments in your life growing up? Sh- pivotal moments for me um,
1: growing up, one of them were my financial exclusion <laughs> from varsity. I think that was the biggest you know pivotal moment of my life where I saw it's. Uh, a situation of when one door closes, you know, another door opens. Because when that happened to me, I instantly felt that, you know, life was over. Because education is the only thing I'd ever known. It's the only thing my parents had ever taught me about. You have to get an education. And so when it was taken away, for me, essentially everything was over. There was nothing I could do. But then it was so interesting how when that happened, it started opening opportunities in my mind to a whole lot of other things. And I was able to really shift... You know, my perception of of life in that way. So I feel like that is one of the important, pivotal moments of my life that just made me reflect and look at life, you know, very differently. Also, growing up where I grew up from is really something else on its own. It's a pivotal moment on its own, just knowing, um, seeing how people live, seeing how people grow up and how they're always trying to get out of, you know, where they come from and to make it... Um, into a better space. I've seen struggling families. I've seen families who are wealthy. I've seen, like, I've seen, I've been through a lot in my 26 years of life. You would think I'm, ve- I'm very old, but I've seen a lot in my 26 years. And so it's those moments that really shape, you know, my life and who I am
0: today. I really like what you said, A, about the, the resilience factor, B, about when a barrier was was put in place, yeah. so we spoke about financial exclusion or yes. not being able to pursue your education, and your whole philosophy and yeah. preaching in the fa- family had been about education. Yes, but then looking out for for yeah. new opportunities, yes. all of a sudden I had to look for something else. You mentioned a couple of ladies when I asked you about role models or, or influences in in your life, so. Besides Peggy Sukamala, from a South mm. African point of view, what other local influences would you say there are?
1: Mm, alive or past or any. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to talk about Mama Weenie, Matikizela Mandela. I'd be doing an injustice, you know, if I never <laughs> say anything about her. Who, in my opinion, would have been one of the best, you know, South African presidents would have ever had had she been, you know, given the chance and opportunity? Um, I mean her fight and resilience during the time of apartheid. I feel like never got um, enough shine she, we never got to talk about her enough because the things that she did um, are things that I had to go find books and read about it's not things that were in the media or things that were like easy to grasp but I had to like go looking for it in order to understand about her and she's really one of the people that influence um, my life and the way that I look at things as well um, alive who would I mean there's a lot of sure there's a lot of people but yeah she's the one that I really want to speak
0: about today She was certainly an important shaper Definitely. of our country Definitely. We've spoken about the past we've spoken about the present mm-hmm. L- projecting towards the future what would you like your legacy to be?
1: Oh It's a very tough one But um, for me, I always say my legacy I want people to know that I was always that one person who tried Who always, you know, never wanted um, to give up on things Whether it was on people or important topics that um, people never wanted to address Um, I want to be able to to talk about those uncomfortable things to people Because those are the important things that never get talked about So that's really my legacy For people to know that I never really gave up on things
0: and you're, if I look at it from your academic point of view, yes. you've, you've pursued the route within public relations, you've worked in industry. Yes. Would you have desires to have your own agency? Yes,
1: absolutely. In the future, I'm definitely looking into having my own. PR agency from where I'm standing right now I feel like it's something that could happen for me but like I always say you know life changes as you grow you develop a lot of other passions and so maybe in a year's time from now I will have other passions but definitely for now in the long run I see myself you know having my own uh, PR agency.
0: And reflecting a moment how do you think the skills that you learned within the public relations Mm -hmm. space would give you value now?
1: Sure. I mean, communication skills for once. I wouldn't have been able to sit here and to just articulate myself and, and speak to you as well if I didn't have you know that communication module that really molded me to be able to you know communicate better. And um, also being able to handle social media and, and, and criticism and um, cyberbullying, those types of things, being able to know how to react to situations as well has helped me. Um, it's things I've learned at school, and I didn't know that they would come in handy here. So when things happen, I'm like, when you answer this, it becomes a PR disaster. So I know how to stay away <laughs> from PR disasters. It's, so it's really helped a lot
0: in your role now. I would say that's one of the, the the crucial learnings on how you how you react when you react, yes, if you react, if you react at all, yeah. Now, finally, in closing our conversation today, could you please share a few words of wisdom or? inspiration that mm-hmm. you'd like to pass on to young ladies listening to us on the content and whether that's from a, a heritage point of view mm-hmm. or, or any other perspective.
1: wise words
0: <laughs> um, For me,
1: it's just um, embracing who you are 100% all of the time and being unapologetic about it because one of the other things that really stunt our growth is not accepting ourselves in the way you know that we are. And so that's where a lot of problems are rooted from. And so for me, my words would really be to embrace yourself and accept yourself and you will see how much that will really open up a lot of opportunities, will open up a lot of doors. So just by doing that really, you will have won half the race.
0: Very important words and coming from a young person, I think that it makes it even more important that people can relate and resonate with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had such a lovely time. And we wish you all the very best in your future planning for future campaigns, for the contests that you're going to be representing the country and the continent in now and towards the future. Uh Thank you so much. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to Miss South Africa 2019, Zozubini Tunzi.